Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. Hey folks, welcome to Wednesday night. Do I have some good news for you? Jesus is still on the throne, still doing great things in the midst of all this craziness that's going on in our world today. Listen, we're in the last days and he's calling us to be strong, stand strong for him and, and uh, uh, just fulfill the uh, uh, prophecies and fulfill the plan and purpose and call that he has on our life tonight. I'm so excited. Uh, you know, if we're not careful, we can get so much news from the outside that it'll infiltrate our lives and we'll get depressed and discouraged and down. But God is still on the throne, still doing great things, and he is still, uh, uh, his word is still coming true. So we shouldn't be afraid. So don't be afraid tonight. But tonight I just want to continue on. Two weeks ago, I talked about the pattern of Jesus. You remember what I said that uh, when, why do, why don't we see the miracles today like we, that they saw in the first church and that Jesus did and all that? We do. There are some going on around the world, but why aren't we seeing it here in America as much as we, we should? Well, there's a lot of things involved there. Remember uh, it, when I talked about Jesus, the pattern of Jesus, how uh, at about 30 years old, he was 30 years old, he got baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, and then he went out into the wilderness, the, Lord, the, the Spirit of the Lord took him out into the wilderness. I believe that was to show him it was greater was he, the spirit in him than he that was in the world of Satan. And then immediately he went forth and, and said the spirit of the Lord was upon him and he was called to do great and mighty things. And immediately after that, his ministry really took off where he'd go out and teach and preach and heal and deliver people. That was the pattern. But he also broke away uh, time and again just and uh, would go pray and get the direction of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know we're supposed to have the direction of the Holy Spirit today? We need to hear the voice of the Lord louder than the voice of those in the world today. Because if we don't, we'll be we'll be caught off guard. Listen, uh, don't don't set don't get yourself set up to where you can't fail because uh, uh, it's a scary place. But the Scripture talks about. When you uh, think you stand, be careful because uh, you're ready for a big fall. So be humble, seek the Lord. Now in the first church, we find, you know, they were continued in the very things. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'll send a comforter. I'll send a helper, a helpmate. Listen, a helper isn't here to do the work. He's here to help us do the work. Amen? Because we're called to do uh, the work that Jesus has assigned us. But we see that the first church ended up getting filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room. They were all in one accord. Isn't that amazing? And this day and this hour that even the church today is so fragmented with different ideas and different ways of doing things. That, but they were in one accord. They were in the upper room in, in unity. And the Spirit of the Lord filled them. And immediately Peter began to, uh, uh, began to preach the prophecy that Joel had put out, you know, years and years and years before. And, uh, of course, the people thought they were drunk, but he said, These, we're not drunk as you suppose. We're filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, you know, you can, <laughs> you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You're going to have some joy. You're going to have some, uh, uh, something exciting about you, and there'll be something different about you. So it's good to be filled with the Spirit. And they went on, and they began to uh, do the same things that Jesus did. 
They did the same things that Jesus did. But as reading over that, I went back and uh, I talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, greater works, that was what it was called. And, and uh, I got to reading in that uh, Acts 2.42 through 43. And I read it and it, here's what it says. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in breaking of bread and in uh, prayers. Then fear came upon the, every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Well, I went over and I saw this in a New Living Translation and it says this, all believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. They were devoted. That word stuck out to me. They were devoted. You know, it's important to be devoted. What's that mean? You're dedicated. You're consecrated to a certain uh, 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 mission or consecrated to a group of people. They were loyal. They were faithful. That's what they were. They were devoted. The, the uh, name of this me uh, message tonight is devoted. Are you devoted? That's what God wants us to be, devoted. It means set apart for a special purpose, to dedicate, to give up wholly or chiefly. Dedication. They were dedicated. As soon as they were filled with the Holy Ghost, so back there in Acts 2.42, they were, they were together in one accord. Acts 41 said the people, what did they do? They received the word gladly. How many of you know we need to receive the word? The true church, the first church, received the word of God gladly. And they went about doing things. They took it in. They were hungry for it. How many of you are, are you hungry for the word of God tonight? And, and you want to know more about him. They practiced it. They experienced it. They had joy and rejoiced in the word of God. They were holding on to it. Well, tonight, uh, tonight they were also, it said, they were steadfast. Well, what were they steadfast in? They were steadfast in, first of all, they were steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. The doctrine, the word of God, in doctrine, in teaching what Christ taught, his death and resurrection, ascension and exaltation. The same teaching and instructions. There's only one message. The message hasn't changed. The word of God has not changed, even though there's been those that come along and said uh, a different gospel, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But in Luke 25, uh, 24, 45, he said he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. How many of you don't want your, the scriptures comprehended? How many of you want to understand what the word of God says? Well, you begin to uh, uh, apply yourself to it. You begin to look into the word of God, and then he'll be open to, it, to you. But then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and raise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of all these things. Amen. How many of you know it's that same gospel? Christ died for our sins. Amen. Amen. Over in Galatians, Paul writes to the Galatians, and he writes in chapter 1 and verse 6, it begins, it says, I marvel that you're turning away as soon, so soon, from him who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel, a different gospel. Right away, it's something else being preached. He goes on to say, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert, pervert the, 
the gospel of Christ. That's still going on today, my brothers and sisters. And then it says, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. And we have said before, so I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Listen, that word of God was already being perverted back then. How many of you know it's, <laughs> it's being perverted today? But there's only one gospel, only one thing where, we, where must, uh, men might be saved, and that's under the name of Jesus Christ. We can be saved and rooted and grounded in that very same message today. That should be the message that we're preaching. That, and I believe it is here at Living Word, but we should never get off on it. So I would say to you tonight, be careful what you hear, children. <laughs> That's a, that would be what God would say. Be careful what you hear. Be careful what, who you're listening to. The Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. I find myself over the years, uh, there are a lot of good teachers out there, but you know, we're full gospel. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And you know, there are preachers out there that don't believe in that, that have a, that have a great audience, and yet they're preaching, to me, they're pre not preaching the gospel, that full gospel that God would intend for us to have. So we have to be careful. Secondly, what were these, these, uh, these uh, first church and those first Christians uh, devoted to? Well, they were devoted to fellowship, to one another. How many of you know, this is, right now, it's very difficult to have fellowship one to the other. Uh, we have Sunday service. Obviously, we're coming in and, and abiding by some guidelines that the, the state has put out. And uh, yeah, we're not, we're not being uh, anti-government. We're not trying to be uh, uh, contrary to everything. Now, they haven't come in and says, we can't preach the gospel. Listen. That, that day comes, we may have to take a different stand. <laughs> but we don't have the ability to fellowship one to the other like we, we have in the past, where we could come in on a Wednesday night and talk to one another, or we'd come in on a Sunday morning and go back and have coffee and donuts and sit around and, and, and gravitate to one another. And it's very difficult right now to do that. But there are those, uh, even today, that have forsaken the, the assembling together. That's what it says in Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another as so much more as we see the day approaching. Exhorting one another, helping one another, standing strong. How many, you know, no one is an island. <laughs> we might like to think so. Well, I can, I can find God out in the wilderness. I can get out by myself. I don't need to go to church. I don't need, I've got television. I've got the, the, the internet. I can get on anytime I want and see anything I want. Well, listen, my friends, this isn't all about us. It's about one another. It's about preferring one another, about enjoying one another's company, about exhorting one another. I've, I've had it in my own life over the years where I would things, I'm going through some things and somebody would just come along and kind of, not necessarily, but it felt like they put their arm around you and say, come on, Mike, you can do this. Well, we need each other like that. We need somebody that will help us build us up and keep us going to fulfill the plan and purpose of, of what God has for us. And in that first church, that's what they did. They were together. They met in the temple daily and then from house to house. And what did they do? They continued in that uh, uh, doctrine of the, of the um, 
of the apostles. They broke bread together. That was what the next thing was I was going to talk about. They were breaking a bread, the Lord's Supper. I mean, you know, uh, that's an ordinance that God put out himself. He, he made it himself. The ordinance Christ has given to us symbolized his death. Because of his death, they were and reconciled to God. We are reconciled to God in fellowship with God, made new creatures in God, infilled with the spirit of God. They recognized that. So it was a regular thing for them to meet. I mean, you know, they were living in very perilous times themselves. It wasn't a, uh, you know, it wasn't a, a, a idyllic uh, uh, a nation at that time and the world at that time. They were under a lot of persecution. So we have to know that, hey, they met daily in the, in the temple and then from house to house and when they did that, they broke bread. They had uh, the Lord's Supper. He said this over in 1 Corinthians 11. We, you know, every time we read this on Sunday, Pastor Scott or someone else as we've taken communion, this do in remembrance of me. I mean, you know, when the pressure gets on, we better remember what God has already done for us. We better be remember the promises and the benefits he's given us. Because if we don't, we can lose ourselves pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. But also, they gave themselves a what? Prayer. <laughs> I've talked to you about that. Listen, we need to pray like never before right now, my friends. Listen, this is serious business. This is serious business going on in our country right now. And I've, you know, we have never been uh, uh, without our problems. Never, never since the beginning of our, our country. But listen, we're still the greatest nation in the world. Why? Because I believe we are built on Judeo-Christian uh, beliefs. Uh, our constitution was uh, basically laid out like the Bible uh, instructed. And God has blessed us because we've sent missionaries throughout the world for many, 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 many years and, and since insist, uh, inception of our nation. But now it's being played upon and pried upon and, and uh, uh, by Marxist groups, by an antichrist spirit. If you don't understand, this is an antichrist spirit. Listen, I hope you're watching some of the news, that not all the news, but some of it that tell you really what's going on in California with the pastors and with the churches out there. This is serious, serious stuff. We better be praying. We just had, a uh, president has an opportunity to uh, uh, place a new Supreme Court justice. We better be praying about this because there's gonna be a fight a fight and our way of life and our way of freedoms that we've had in the past are, are on the line. And so it's a, important to pray. But this group prayed because they were under severe persecution as first church. And we're, we're, we're about to see some of that ourselves. I'm concerned we are. But the early church persevered in prayer, united prayer. They were united. That's the important thing. Be united. Listen, we have a prayer meeting every Monday uh, night. Here, I would encourage you, get over here if you can. Uh, we, need, we need, there's power in unity. There's power in unity. And we need to be praying. We're praying for our nation. And we're going to do some things here. I would encourage you to fast on Mondays and pray, even if you can't make it over here. Fast a meal and say, Lord, help us. Help this nation. We repent for what's happening in this nation. We humble ourselves and call upon you because we can't change things, but you can. So we... Pray. Through prayer, these, this group, first group, were brought to an intimate fellowship and presence of God. How I many you know when you pray, uh, I'm not talking about just now and lay me down to sleep. 
I'm talking about when you begin to pray and say, God, I want to talk to you. I want to get your, get you, get your presence in my life. He will begin to do that. And over in James 4, 8, it says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Now, I've said this before. You've heard it said, and I've even heard people say, hey, Mike Mack said this. You draw near, you take one step towards God, he will run over you. It's like he's waiting for you. You know, when that, and it just happened to think of that, you know the parable of, of, of the sower, I mean of the uh, uh, prodigal son. You know that, that story of the prodigal son when, when uh, the, the young man went off on his own? You know, that father was praying and looking for him. When it says he was looking for him, he was, he was hoping and praying that he was going to come back. But soon as he started, got to where that young man, could, he could see that young man coming again, he, it's, it's so likened unto our Father God. He, he says, get out the, 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 uh, you know, the finest things again. My son's coming home. The, the, uh, uh, the, you know, it's like putting on the robe of righteousness. When you step out towards God, he will fill your life to overflowing. So that's what prayer will do. But through prayer, they receive things from God. They received his provision and both for the, both their souls and lives. Amen. The church had great unity. They were devoted to God and to one another. Now, I mentioned a while ago, why don't we see the miracles today? Do we have the kind of devotion that we saw in the first church? I'm just putting it out there. I don't believe we do in full. I mean, there's a lot of people that are committed, and I believe that there's people that can't make it here for various reasons right now. I'm not, that's not, not saying that. But ask yourself, Am I truly devoted to what God has for me in my life? Am I truly devoted to, uh, to his word? Am I truly devoted to uh, his body? Devotion is more than testing the waters. We must be sold out to Jesus. Talking to myself tonight. Christ or the Christian life is a devoted life. Over in Psalm 27, 4, we see uh, David. You know, David was a devoted <laughs> A devoted person. He was, he was uh, passionate, very passionate. And it says in, in the New Living Translation, it says this, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. In other words, he wanted to live not in the presence of God all the days of his life. I pray that's your uh, desire tonight. It's not just about coming to church. It's about being the church. Wherever you go, whatever you're doing, living for God, trusting him. You say, well, I've missed it. I made mistakes. I've done this. Listen, my friends, we've all done that. That's why we have 1 John 1, 9. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Repent and go back and, and get back on it again. Amen? That's God. That's the goodness of God. We had a word Sunday about uh, somebody being ashamed that they couldn't sing the, the worship songs. And somebody... We heard a testimony later that somebody came up and said uh, to, to one of the people that had the word and said, that was me. I couldn't even sing that song because I was ashamed because I had done some things in my life that, listen, he forgives. His blood covers that. Amen? Cleanses us. But it says, all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and, and meditating in his temple. Many people are devoted to many things. Hey, listen, do you ever read the, the old bits? <laughs> my dad used to, I used to think that was all he ever read in the paper was the obituaries. 
and I used to make fun of him a little bit, and he'd say, okay, son, wait till you get my age. Well, I found out a long time ago about the only thing I look at now is, is the old bits, and not much of the sports anymore because there's not much in there anymore because all the COVID thing going on, but, and I've kind of gotten backed off away from the sports anyway, but the obituaries I always look at. But it's always amazing when you find out, you look at the obituaries and you'll find out what people were devoted to. I like the ones where somebody was in education and they'll take up just about half the whole page about what they have done in their educated life. They were this and they were that and they taught here and they did this and they went here and they did that. Listen, then there'll be another one in there. Uh, they, they liked... Uh, Maybe they like things like uh, their hobbies, whatever their hobbies were. Oh, they love boating and they love fishing and they were devoted to this and they, were de and they would go on and on about that. And then others were sports minded. Oh, they love, and listen, those are okay things to put in there. But, but let me tell you this. There were some that were say, I was devoted to family, but I always liked the ones where it said, <laughs> they served God, they loved the Lord. They were, went home with Jesus. I love that because they were, that's what we should be devoted first and foremost because if we're devoted to that, everything else will begin to fall in place. Everything. What do we do this day and this hour? We're not to back up and sit down and get scared. We're to stand up. This is our hour. This is our day of visitation, my friends. This is the day we're, we're to live our lives as like if we're totally devoted our lives to God and to Christ. Amen. One thing, passion, devotion. Listen to what uh, 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 Paul said over in, in the uh, Philippians. He said in verse 10, he said, chapter 3, I may know him in the power of his resurrection. One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Paul was devoted, but he was also very passionate. We have a slogan here, live the gospel and preach the gospel. But we must be devoted and passionate to do those very, very few things. Amen? Over in Matthew 22, it says, what are we supposed to be? Do. Love God, love people, love yourself. And what's that mean? We must be devoted to God and passionate if we're going to do that. In 1 Timothy 4.15 in New Living, it says this. He told Timothy, he was, uh, Paul was telling a young pastor, Here's, how you, here's what I want you to do. Continue in these things that I've shown you. I've, tell, I've mentored you and, and shown you things to do. Now, here's what he says, and I think it applies to us in this respect. Give yourself complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into the task that you, everyone will see your progress. Everyone will see your progress as a Christian, first and foremost. Goes on to say, keep a close watch on how you live. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those that hear you and I put in here and those that observe you. Do they know you're a Christian? Do they know your values? Or do you just kind of go with the flow with the world? I, I know I'm speaking to a, a group of people that are believing God that they're going with the things of the, the Lord. Amen. Would you call yourself a devoted Christian all in today? Devotion brings out the best in you in every area of life. They were devoted. This first church was devoted to God. That means they were obedient to his will. We should be obedient to his will. They were devoted to his church and his people. They were devoted to his word. His word. 
he wrote a living epistle or letter. Amen? We should be a living epistle, a living letter. They were devoted to prayer. That in that first church was devoted to prayer. See, this, this is pattern that Jesus started that the first church had shouldn't change now. It should be the same. We should be doing the same things. They were devoted to prayer. They didn't let they, uh, time go by without praying and getting directions and instructions from God. They were devoted to giving. They were devoted like, like the first people in the, that signed the Constitution. Do you know that there were some people on, that signed that Constitution to give up everything? They gave their very lives, their finances, and their time uh, to live. And, to, you know, we should be the same. That first church did the same. They love, live to give and love to give. We should be the same way. Amen? Amen. They were devoted to worship. We ought to be worshipers. We ought to thank God every day. You ought to be up thanking him every day for the very breath in your body, for life, for everything that the Bible says he's done for us. We ought to be thanking him every day. Thank him tonight. If you, Wherever you're at tonight, wherever you're watching this at tonight, just put your hand up and say, Lord, I thank you. that I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and power. I go about doing good wherever I go, just like Jesus said in Jesus' name. Thank you that you provide everything that I need. <laughs> There's hope beyond the scope of human reality in Jesus Christ. You just begin to talk to yourself. And what you're really doing, you're worshiping him. You're talking to him. Amen? Amen. Listen, I like this as I'm getting ready to close here in just a few minutes. I like what Paul said in Philippians 3.8 in the Message Bible. All things that I once thought were important are gone from life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master. Firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. That's a devoted person, my friends. That was what the first church was. That's what this church in 2020 should be. Amen. I pray tonight that we'll, Living Word Family Church will be so on fire with the power of the Holy Ghost that people will run in to see us burn. Hallelujah. That signs and wonders and miracles and the preaching of the word and people getting saved, healed and delivered. That's my desire. I hope it's your desire. Lord, just begin to say that. Don't find what's wrong with what's going on. Find the good things that God said we could and would do if we would just agree with him and get, get, in devote, get devoted to him. Amen? Amen. Well, it's almost time to go, but I want to pray before we leave, uh, before I get off here tonight. If, uh, if you're going through anything tonight, know this. God has your back and your sides and your front. <laughs> he has everything. <laughs> everything. Call upon me, he said, in times of trouble. Call upon me when it's not trouble. But I'm telling you, especially in troubled times. Amen. So, Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for your word. We ask you to help us to be dedicated and devoted to the things of God, like that first church, <laughs> like that first church that was on fire, that they begin to see greater things happen. Everywhere they went, they were talking about Jesus. They were teaching and preaching and healing and delivering. That's what their mission was. That's what Christ had told them they would continue to do. May we do that today at Living Word Family Church. May everyone in the sound of my voice tonight draw near to God because he'll draw near to us. 
We cried out tonight for, Lord, that you would help us in this day of need, in this time that we're going through. Help us to pray and stand strong in the, in the day of adversity because we know you have, truly have, <laughs> have given your all for us. And you're still on the throne doing mighty things, mighty, mighty things. And we call upon you tonight to show yourself amongst us strong. And, and we just thank you so much for being in our lives for such a great salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for us. And may we give our lives for you now in obedience to what you've said in your word. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thanks for tuning in tonight. I'm sure you're blessed. I call you blessed. Call yourself blessed. And thanks for seeing you. Uh, we'll be seeing you soon. Come out Sunday if you can make it. We're believing for bigger and greater things. I trust you are too. We'll see you next time. Thank you, sir. Hey, folks. Welcome to Wednesday night. Do I have some good news for you? Jesus is still on the throne, still doing great things in the midst of all this craziness that's going on in our world today. Listen, we're in the last days, and he's calling us to be strong Stand strong for him and, and uh, uh, just fulfill the uh, uh, prophecies and fulfill the plan and purpose and call that he has on our life tonight. I'm so excited. Uh, you know, if we're not careful, we can get so much news from the outside that it'll infiltrate our lives and we'll get depressed and discouraged and down. But God is still on the throne, still doing great things, and he is still, uh, uh, his word is still coming true. So we shouldn't be afraid. So don't be afraid tonight. But tonight I just want to continue on. Two weeks ago, I talked about the pattern of Jesus. You remember what I said that uh, when, why do why don't we see the miracles today like we, that they saw in the first church and that Jesus did and all that? We do. There are some going on around the world, but why aren't we seeing it here in America as much as we, we should? Well, there's a lot of things involved there. Remember when I talked about Jesus, the pattern of Jesus, how at about 30 years old, he was 30 years old, he got baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, and then he went out into the wilderness. The, Lord, the, the Spirit of the Lord took him out into the wilderness. I believe that was to show him it was greater was he, the Spirit in him than he that was in the world of Satan. And then immediately he went forth and and said the spirit of the Lord was upon him and he was called to do great and mighty things. And immediately after that, his ministry really took off where he'd go out and teach and preach and heal and deliver people. That was the pattern. But he also broke away uh, time and again just and uh, would go pray and get the direction of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know we're supposed to have the direction of the Holy Spirit today? We need to hear the voice of the Lord louder than the voice of those in the world today. Because if we don't, we'll be we'll be caught off guard. Listen, uh, don't don't set don't get yourself set up to where you can't fail because uh, uh, it's a scary place. But the scripture talks about when you uh, think you stand, be careful because uh, you're ready for a big fall. So be humble, seek the Lord. Now in the first church, we find you know they were continued in the very things. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'll send a comforter. I'll send a helper, a helpmate. Listen, a helper isn't here to do the work. He's here to help us do the work. Amen? Because we're called to do uh, the work that Jesus has assigned us. 
But we see that the first church ended up getting filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room. They were all in one accord. Isn't that amazing? In this day and this hour that even the church today is so fragmented with different ideas and different ways of doing things that, but they were in one accord. They were in the upper room and in unity and that spirit of the Lord filled them. And immediately Peter began to, uh, uh, begin to preach the prophecy that Joel had put out, you know, years and years and years before. And, uh, the, of course the people thought they were drunk, but he said, these, we're not drunk as you suppose we're filled with the Holy ghost. I mean, you know, you can, <laughs> you're filled with the Holy ghost. You're going to have some joy. You're going to have some, uh, uh, something exciting about you and there'd be something different about you. So it's good to be filled with the spirit. And they went on and they began to uh, do the same things that Jesus did. They did the same things that Jesus did. But as reading over that, I went back and uh, I talked about this a little bit last week, uh, greater works. That was what it was called. And, and, uh, I got to reading in that uh, Acts 2, 42 through 43, and I read it, and it, here's what it says. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in breaking of bread and in uh, prayers. Then fear came upon the, every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Well, I went over and I saw this in a New Living Translation, and it says this. All believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. They were devoted. That word stuck out to me. They were devoted. You know, it's important to be devoted. What's that mean? You're dedicated. You're consecrated to a certain uh, 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 mission or consecrated to a group of people. They were loyal. They were faithful. That's what they were. They were devoted. The, ne the ne uh, name of this me uh, message tonight is devoted. Are you devoted? That's what God wants us to be, devoted. It means set apart for a special purpose, to dedicate, to give up wholly or chiefly. Dedication. They were dedicated. As soon as they were filled with the Holy Ghost, so back there in Acts 2.42, they were, they were together in one accord. Acts 41 said the people, what did they do? They received the word gladly. How many of you know we need to receive the word? The true church, the first church, received the word of God gladly. And they went about doing things. They took it in. They were hungry for it. How many of you are, are you hungry for the word of God tonight? And, and you want to know more about him. They practiced it. They experienced it. They had joy and rejoiced in the word of God. They were holding on to it. Well, tonight they were also, it said, they were steadfast. Well, what were they steadfast in? They were steadfast in, first of all, they were steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, the doctrine, the word of God, in doctrine, in teaching what Christ taught, his death and resurrection, ascension and exaltation, the same teaching and instructions. There's only one message. The message hasn't changed. The word of God has not changed, even though there's been those that come up long and said uh, a different gospel. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But in Luke 25, uh, 24, 45, he said he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. How many of you don't want your, the scriptures comprehended? How many of you want to understand what the word of God says? Well, you begin to uh, uh, apply yourself to it. You begin to look into the word of God and then he'll be open to, it, to you. But then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and raise 
from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of all these things. Amen. How many of you know it's that same gospel? Christ died for our sins. Amen. Amen. Over in Galatians, Paul writes to the Galatians, and he, he writes in chapter 1, and verse 6, it begins, it says, I marvel that you're returning away as soon, so soon, from him who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel, a different gospel. Right away, it's something else being preached. He goes on to say, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert, pervert the, the gospel of Christ. That's still going on today, my brothers and sisters. And then it says, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. And we have said before, so I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Listen, that word of God was already being perverted back then. How many of you know it's, <laughs> it's being perverted today? But there's only one gospel. Only one thing where we where must uh, men might be saved, and that's under the name of Jesus Christ. We can be saved and rooted and grounded in that very same message today. That should be the message that we're preaching, that, and I believe it is here at Living Word, but we should never get off on it. So I would say to you tonight, be careful what you hear, children. <laughs> that's a, That would be what God would say. Be careful what you hear. Be careful what who you're listening to. The Bible says a little leaven, Lemon's the whole lump. I find myself over the years, uh, there are a lot of good teachers out there, but you know, we're full gospel. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And you know, there are preachers out there that don't believe in that, that have a, that have a great audience, and yet they're preaching, to me, they're pre not preaching the gospel, that full gospel that God would intend for us to have. So we have to be careful. Secondly, what were these, these, uh, these uh, first church and those first Christians uh, devoted to? Well, they were devoted to fellowship, to one another. How many of you know, this is right now, it's very difficult to have fellowship one to the other. Uh, we have Sunday service. Obviously, we're coming in and, and abiding by some guidelines that the, the state has put out. And uh, yeah, we're not, we're not being... Uh, anti-government. We're not trying to be uh, uh, contrary to everything. Now, they haven't come in and says we can't preach the gospel. Listen, that, uh, that day comes, we may have to take a different stand. <laughs> but we don't have the ability to fellowship one to the other like we, we have in the past, where we could come in on a Wednesday night and talk to one another, or we'd come in on a Sunday morning and go back and have coffee and donuts and sit around and, and, and gravitate to one another. And it's very difficult right now to do that. But there are those, uh, even today, that have forsaken the, the assembling together. That's what it says in Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another as so much more as we see the day approaching. 
exhorting one another, helping one another, standing strong. How many, you know, no one is an island. <laughs> we might like to think so. Well, I can, I can find God out in the wilderness. I can get out by myself. I don't need to go to church. I don't need, I've got television. I've got uh, the, the internet. I can get on anytime I want and see anything I want. Well, listen, my friends, this isn't all about us. It's about one another. It's about preferring one another, about enjoying one another's company, about exhorting one another. I've, I've had it in my own life over the years where I would, things, I'm going through some things and somebody would just come along and kind of, not necessarily, but it felt like they put their arm around you and say, come on, Mike, you can do this. Well, we need each other like that. We need somebody that will help us, build us up and keep us going to fulfill the plan and purpose of, of what God has for us. And in that first church, that's what they did. They were together. They met in the temple daily and then from house to house. And what did they do? They continued in that uh, uh, doctrine of the, of, the, um, of the apostles. They broke bread together. That was what the next thing was I was gonna talk about. They were breaking a bread, the Lord's Supper. I mean, you know, uh, that's an ordinance that God put out himself. He, he made it himself. The ordinance Christ has given to us symbolized his death. Because of his death, they were and reconciled to God. We are reconciled to God in fellowship with God, made new creatures in God, infilled with the spirit of God. They recognized that. So it was a regular thing for them to meet. I mean, you know, they were living in very perilous times themselves. It wasn't a, uh, you know, it wasn't a, a, a idyllic uh, uh uh, nation at that time and the world at that time, they were under a lot of persecution. So we have to know that, hey, they met daily in the, in the temple and then from house to house. And when they did that, they broke bread. They had uh, the Lord's Supper. He said this over in 1 Corinthians 11. We, you know, every time we read this on Sunday, Pastor Scott or someone else as we've taken communion, this do in remembrance of me. I mean, you know, when the pressure gets on, we better remember what God has already done for us. We better be remember the promises and the benefits he's given us. Because if we don't, we can lose ourselves pretty quickly, pretty quickly. But also they gave themselves a what? Prayer. <laughs> I've talked to you about that. Listen, we need to pray like never before right now, my friends. Listen, this is serious business. This is serious business going on in our country right now. And I've, you know, we have never been, uh, uh, without our problems, never, never since the beginning of our, our country. But listen, we're still the greatest nation in the world. Why? Because I believe we were built on Judeo-Christian uh, beliefs. Uh, our constitution was uh, basically laid out like the Bible uh, instructed. And God has blessed us because we've sent missionaries throughout the world for many, 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 many years and, and since insist, uh, inception of our nation. But now it's being played upon and pried upon and, and uh, uh, by Marxist groups, by an antichrist spirit. If you don't understand, this is an antichrist spirit. Listen, I hope you're watching some of the news, that not all the news, but some of it that tell you really what's going on in California with the pastors and with the churches out there. This is serious, serious stuff. We better be praying. We just had... Uh, president has an opportunity to uh, uh, place a new Supreme Court justice. We better be praying about this because there's going to be a fight, a fight. And our way of life and our way of freedoms that we've had in the past are, are on the line. 
And so it's important to pray. But this group prayed because they were under severe persecution as first church. And we're, we're, we're about to see some of that ourselves. I'm concerned we are. But the early church persevered in prayer, united prayer. They were united. That's the important thing. Be united. Listen, we have a prayer meeting every Monday uh, night here. I would encourage you, get over here if you can. Uh, we, need, we need, there's power in unity. There's power in unity, and we need to be praying. We're praying for our nation, and we're going to do some things here. I would encourage you to fast on Mondays and pray, even if you can't make it over here. Fast a meal and say, Lord, help us. Help this nation. We repent for what's happening in this nation. We humble ourselves and call upon you because we can't change things, but you can. So we pray. Through prayer, these, this group, first group, were brought to an intimate fellowship and presence of God. How I many you know when you pray, <laughs> I'm not talking about just now and lay me down to sleep. I'm talking about when you begin to pray and say, God, I want to talk to you. I want to get your, get, you, get your presence in my life. He will begin to do that. And over in James 4, 8, it says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Now, I've said this before. You've heard it said, and I've even heard people say, hey, Mike Mack said this. You draw near, you take one step towards God, he will run over you. It's like he's waiting for you. You know, when that, and it just happened to think of that, you know the parable of, of, of the sower, I mean, of the uh, uh, prodigal son. You know that, that story of the prodigal son when, when uh, the, the young man went off on his own? You know, that father was praying and looking for him. When it says he was looking for him, he was, he was hoping and praying that he was going to come back. But soon as he started, got to where that young man, could, he could see that young man coming again. He, it's, it's so likened unto our father God. He, he says, get out the, 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 you know, the finest things again. My son's coming home. The, the, uh, uh, the, you know, it's like putting on the robe of righteousness. When you step out towards God, he will fill your life to overflowing. So that's what prayer will do. But through prayer, they received things from God. They received his provision and both for the, both their souls and lives. Amen. The church had great unity. They were devoted to God and to one another. Now I mentioned a while ago, why don't we see the miracles today? Do we have the kind of devotion that we saw in the first church? I'm just putting it out there. I don't believe we do in full. I mean, there's a lot of people that are committed and I believe that there's people that can't make it here for various reasons right now. I'm not, that's not, not saying that. But ask yourself, Am I truly devoted to what God has for me in my life? Am I truly devoted to, uh, to his word? Am I truly devoted to uh, his body? Devotion is more than testing the waters. We must be sold out to Jesus. Talking to myself tonight. Christ or the Christian life is a devoted life. Over in Psalm 27, 4, we see uh, David. You know, David was a devoted <laughs> A devoted person. He was, he was uh, passionate, very passionate. And it says in, in the New Living Translation, it says this, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. In other words, he wanted to live not in the presence of God all the days of his life. I pray that's your uh, desire tonight. It's not just about coming to church. It's about being the church. 
wherever you go, whatever you're doing, living for God, trusting him. You say, well, I've missed it. I made mistakes. I've done this. Listen, my friends, we've all done that. That's why we have 1 John 1, 9. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Repent and go back and, and get back on it again. Amen? That's God. That's the goodness of God. We had a word Sunday about uh, somebody being ashamed that they couldn't sing the, the worship songs. And somebody, we heard a testimony later that somebody came up and said uh, to, to one of the people that had the word and said, that was me. I couldn't even sing that song because I was ashamed because I had done some things in my life that, listen, he forgives. His blood covers that. Amen? Cleanses us. But it says, all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and, and meditating in his temple. Many people are devoted to many things. Hey, listen, do you ever read the, the old bits? <laughs> my dad used to, I used to think that was all he ever read in the paper was the obituaries. And I used to make fun of him a little bit. And he'd say, okay, son, wait till you get my age. Well, I found out a long time ago about the only thing I look at now is it's the old bits and not much of the sports anymore because there's not much in there anymore because all the COVID thing going on. But, and I've kind of gotten backed off away from the sports anyway, but the obituaries I always look at. But it's always amazing when you find out, you look at the obituaries and you'll find out what people were devoted to. I like the ones where somebody was in education and they'll take up just about half the whole page about what they have done in their educated life. They were this and they were that, and they taught here and they did this and they went here and they did that. Listen, then there'll be another one in there. Uh, they, they liked, uh, maybe they liked things like uh, their hobbies, whatever their hobbies were. Oh, they loved boating and they loved fishing and they were devoted to this and they, were, and they would go on and on about that. And then others were sports-minded. Oh, they love. And listen, those are okay things to put in there. But, but let me tell you this. There were some that were say, I was devoted to family. But I always liked the ones where it said, <laughs> they served God. They loved the Lord. They were, went home with Jesus. I love that. Because they were, that's what we should be devoted first and foremost. Because if we're devoted to that, everything else will begin to fall in place. Everything. What do we do this day and this hour? We're not to back up and sit down and get scared. We're to stand up. This is our hour. This is our day of visitation, my friends. This is the day we're, we're to live our lives as like if we're totally devoted our lives to God and to Christ. Amen. One thing, passion, devotion. Listen to what uh, 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 Paul said over in, in the uh, Philippians. He said in verse 10, he said, chapter three, I may know him in the power of his resurrection. One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Paul was devoted, but he was also very passionate. We have a slogan here, live the gospel and preach the gospel, but we must be devoted and passionate to do those very, very few things. Amen? Over in Matthew 22, it says, what are we supposed to be? Do. Love God, love people, love yourself. And what's that mean? We must be devoted to God and passionate if we're going to do that. In 1 Timothy 4.15 in New Living, it says this. He told Timothy, he was, uh, Paul was telling a young pastor, Here's, how you, here's what I want you to do. Continue in these things that I've shown you. I've, tell, I've mentored you and, and shown you things to do. Now, here's what he says, and I think it applies to us in this respect. 
Give yourself complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into the task that you, everyone will see your progress. Everyone will see your progress as a Christian, first and foremost. Goes on to say, keep a close watch on how you live. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those that hear you. And I put in here, and those that observe you. Do they know you're a Christian? Do they know your values? Or do you just kind of go with the flow with the world? I, I know I'm speaking to a, a group of people that are believing God that they're going with the things of the, the Lord. Amen? Would you call yourself a devoted Christian? All in today. Devotion brings out the best in you in every area of life. They were devoted. This first church was devoted to God. That means they were obedient to his will. We should be obedient to his will. They were devoted to his church and his people. They were devoted to his word, his word. They were a living epistle or a letter, amen? We should be a living epistle, a living letter. They were devoted to prayer. That in that first church was devoted to prayer. See, this, this is pattern that Jesus started that the first church had shouldn't change now. It should be the same. We should be doing the same things. They were devoted to prayer. They didn't let they, uh, time go by without praying and getting directions and instructions from God. They were devoted to giving. They were devoted like, like the first people in the, that signed the Constitution. Do you know that there were some people on, that signed that Constitution to give up everything? They gave their very lives, their finances, and their time uh, to live. And, to, you know, we should be the same. That first church did the same. They love, live to give and love to give. We should be the same way. Amen? Amen. They were devoted to worship. We ought to be worshipers. We ought to thank God every day. You ought to be up thanking him every day for the very breath in your body, for life, for everything that the Bible says he's done for us. We ought to be thanking him every day. Thank him tonight. If you, Wherever you're at tonight, wherever you're watching this at tonight, just put your hand up and say, Lord, I thank you that I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and power. I go about doing good wherever I go, just like Jesus said in Jesus' name. Thank you that you provide everything that I need. <laughs> There's hope beyond the scope of human reality in Jesus Christ. You just begin to talk to yourself. And what you're really doing, you're worshiping him, you're talking to him. Amen? Amen. Listen, I like this as I'm getting ready to close here in just a few minutes. I like what Paul said in Philippians 3, 8 in the Message Bible. All things that I once thought were important are gone from life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master. Firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. That's a devoted person, my friends. That was what the first church was. That's what this church in 2020 should be. Amen. I pray tonight that we'll, Living Word Family Church will be so on fire with the power of the Holy Ghost that people will run in to see us burn. Hallelujah. That signs and wonders and miracles and the preaching of the word and people getting saved, healed and delivered. That's my desire. I hope it's your desire. Lord, just begin to say that. Don't find what's wrong with what's going on. Find the good things that God said we could and would do if we would just agree with him and get, get, in devoted, get devoted to him. Amen? Amen. Well, it's almost time to go, but I want to pray before we leave. 
uh, before I get off here tonight. If, uh, if you're going through anything tonight, know this. God has your back and your sides and your front. <laughs> he has everything. That, <laughs> everything. Call upon me, he said, in times of trouble. Call upon me when it's not trouble. But I'm telling you, especially in troubled times. Amen. So, Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for your word. We ask you to help us to be dedicated and devoted to the things of God, like that first church, <laughs> like that first church that was on fire, that they began to see greater things happen. Everywhere they went, they were talking about Jesus. They were teaching and preaching and healing and delivering. That's what their mission was. That's what Christ had told them they would continue to do. May we do that today at Living Word Family Church. May everyone in the sound of my voice tonight draw near to God because he'll draw near to us. We cried out tonight for, Lord, that you would help us in this day of need, in this time that we're going through. Help us to pray and stand strong in, in a day of adversity because we know you have, truly have, <laughs> have given your all for us. And you're still on the throne doing mighty things, mighty, mighty things. And we call upon you tonight to show yourself amongst us strong. And, and we just thank you so much for being in our lives. But it's such a great salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for us. And may we give our lives for you now in obedience to what you've said in your word. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thanks for tuning in tonight. I'm sure you're blessed. I call you blessed. Call yourself blessed. And thanks for seeing you. Uh, we'll be seeing you soon. Come out Sunday if you can make it. We're believing for bigger and greater things. I trust you are too. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.